Well, alrighty, gang, welcome back to the Active Self-Protection Podcast. I am yet again your host, Mike Williver, season three. This is going to be like episode 30. We're deep into this, uh, and I remain your favorite former Fed, hopefully. Uh, with me today, a new friend of mine. Her name is Esther. Uh, she is in a uh, town, I'll call it west of Seattle, Washington. So she is just outside of the cone of insanity that is uh, the, the SeaTac Metroplex. Uh, and she works in senior care. Esther, how are you? I'm doing great. It's very nice to meet you. So she reached out uh, with a story of a of an encounter, and it was very similar to one that I had. So you get to hear a story from her and me today. So that's a bonus. And we're not going to charge you any extra for it. So Two-in-one uh, deal. Exactly. So you you mentioned during our very brief pre-interview, and can you confirm that we don't discuss the, the incident in depth prior to this interview? Correct. Okay, good. Uh, I'm not sure if people believe me sometimes, but uh, <laughs> we, did, we did discuss her incident. And I told her very briefly about something happening that was very similar. So that should be should be of interest. Um, and you said that you have relatives that turned you on to the podcast. You'd not heard of it, but someone else told you about it. Correct. Yes. Um, my brother, brother-in-law, they, um, they're very much uh, self-protection aware and they turned turn me on to it and uh, I've been binging it since. So. so you've listened to every episode. Yeah. So you got to see the progression from the early days. When it was a I little did. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> and I well, stayed here. So <laughs> it's right. Well, you stuck it out and I appreciate that. And it's yeah. funny because uh, we, when John and I talked about doing a podcast, I told him, I really want to get this as soon as possible, get it to a level of production that I'll be proud of it. You know, mm -hmm. when people go back to the catalog, which you're the first person that said you've done that. Yeah. So it's cool that you get to see that progression. Hopefully it isn't yes. too, wasn't too much of a leap from the first no. episode. I know everybody's got to start somewhere. So, you know. Right. So you said you have a brother and brother-in-law who are self-defense minded. Um, mm -hmm. So before the incident we're going to discuss, were you were you sort of a self-aware, aware of your surroundings, self-defense oriented person at all? Or how would you describe yourself? How would you characterize yourself? Um, well, given the nature of, of where I live, I was aware that, you know, there's criminals out there. And, um, I had the same mindset that probably everybody does that, you know, that will never happen to me, but I'm also very practical. And so I'm like, yeah, at the first time you say that, then something happens to you. So, um, I, I grew up just, I love to watch people and you can learn a lot by watching people. And so I got to be, I would just, my head would be on a, a swivel and I'd watch people everywhere I went, um, if there were loud noises one direction, I'd look the opposite direction. And when my brother-in-law entered the family, he started, you know, saying, Hey, if you, if you guys go out somewhere, just keep these things in mind. And he just give a few tips here and there. And, um, I didn't want to become paranoid, but I also don't want to be taken by surprise. And sure. so I would purpose to, you know, just be to me, just common sense. You park under a light. If it's dark outside, you don't, um, you know, you, you approach, maybe give a wide circle. If something looks a little off, um, don't be distracted. Don't have your head down. Keep, make eye contact with people that look suspicious, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, and it was just kind of became second nature to me. So have you ever had a chance to hear John talk about the rules of stupid? I know, I know you listen to the podcast more than you watch the channel, but have you heard of this it, or no? Maybe it sounds familiar, but I'm, I don't recall if I heard that one. Or yes, I'm sure I'll forget one of them, but the idea is, you know, if you look at the vast majority of our videos, and aside from the badge cam, just regular people finding themselves in a bad spot, usually they're violating one of the rules of stupid. And those are mm -hmm. don't be doing stupid things with mm -hmm. stupid people in stupid places, stupid times. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason that I don't generally go out a lot in the evening unnecessarily, mm-hmm. you know, once in a while, but at, you know, after, after 10 PM, you're, you're, I don't know, I don't know the numbers, right. I don't know the exact mm-hmm. statistics, but you're vastly more likely to be involved in a, you get hit by a drunk driver or be assaulted or, you know, beaten or robbed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, avoid the stupid things. And kind of what you were saying a moment ago really mirrors that like just really the common sense thing is just pay attention to your surroundings. That's 90% yeah. of it mm-hmm. uh, is being aware. And, and in your story, that actually comes into play. So about how long did your incident happen? Uh, like the time frame it took? Yeah. Oh, not, no, I mean, uh, how long ago was it? I'm sorry. Oh, how long ago? Um, well, I think I was in my mid twenties, so it's been a long time ago. <laughs> so at least four years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good thanks. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, about, so you, you were where and doing what when this happened? I was at a grocery store, um, late in the evening. It was probably fall winter time because, um, I know it wasn't midnight, but it was, it was dark out. Um, and it was really kind of, it was one of those things where I always had told myself, you know, not only is it not fun to shop at night because there's nobody to watch, but it's, I just don't like going out at night that much. Um, but I was on my way home. I needed to make a stop. And, um, I think it was the only grocery store open, but they, one thing I don't like with most parking lots is their, their parking lot lights are way too tall. The light disappears by the time it gets down to the level where you can appreciate it. Yeah. Very um, Yeah. And so I had, I was driving our family 15 passenger van and, um, it's a bus, you know, it's not an easy thing to maneuver. Real quick. Your family has a 15 passenger van. We did. Yeah. So are you, are you Mormon or Catholic? I need to, the audience wants to know. Neither one. Okay. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> Sorry. Poor attempt to with. So you're driving a 15 passenger van. The good news <laughs> about driving a 15 passenger van is the odds of being carjacked are very low because. Yeah, right. Nobody wants nobody that. Wants <laughs> yeah, exactly. So go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, so I, I pulled in and again, I'd had it, you know, my sister and I talked about it. My brother-in-law had said it. And I, this is my brother-in-law had only been part of the family for a handful of years at this point, but he had, he had just, we'd had a lot of conversations about just awareness and, um, so I had thought about, you know, what would I do in a situation? I'm, it's not uncommon for me to be out and about on my own any time of day. Um, and being a female, I knew I'm more likely of a target than a guy who's aware of his surroundings. And so I was like, what are, what would I do in a situation? I'm like, eh, it wouldn't happen, but obviously don't think that way. Cause it could. Right. So people say, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, go back in the the store and ask for security. Well, this grocery store, I had seen their security people and I could defend myself much better. <laughs> right. so, so, they, so their security is a net liability is what you're saying to your person. Pretty safety. much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And, and then also I was like, I, I never want to be an inconvenience. So, and to me, it was a waste of time. If I felt uncomfortable, then I have to turn all the way around, go all the way back into the store, find somebody, hope they believe me and then go back out to my car. And by then no problem. So. To me, it's just like, no, if, if it comes down to it, I want to be prepared with some sort of a plan. Um, but I had hesitated about, I, th- I thought, well, I could get self-defense training. I could, you know, carry some way to defend myself, but never really wanted to make that move mostly because I just, I wasn't sure where to start. Um, and I, I finally thought it through. And I was like, if I learned like some sort of martial arts of some kind, I don't want somebody to be able to get that close to me 
that that's what I would have to use. Because if it was a guy, chances are, unless I got the element of surprise, chances are they would be able to overpower me. And I'd rather not get to that point, rather stop them before they get close enough. Um, But again, hadn't really thought it through. And so just more in my mind thought, what would I do if, if something came up? And, um, so I get to the grocery store, parking lot's almost empty. Um, I, I looking around, I'm like, okay, there's some, some lights around here. Where should I go? Um, and, uh, so I, I parked under a light where there were no other cars around and, um, I knew I didn't have to be in there quick. So I'm like, I'll be in, I'll be out. No problem. Well, I'm coming out and I see my van. There's no cars around heading towards it. And I, I had my keys in my hand. And as I rounded the back of the van, now this is a, it's a 15 passenger, but it had like extra long on the back. So you could have a bus behind it and you wouldn't see another car. Right. Um, so I rounded behind the car and came to a dead standstill in my, in time, this all happened very quickly, but in my head, I'm, I register car, it's backed into the parking spot. So if I go to my door and unlock, they can open their door and I'd be trapped. There was a guy sitting there. So I'm thinking, okay, car backed in, guy sitting there waiting, clearly hiding behind my van. I do a pivot, come around to the other side, unlock the door. I'm in leaving the parking lot before I even registered what had just happened. Hmm. And I thought, well, it might be nothing. It might be something. but to me, my instinct was this guy was hiding behind my car. He didn't need to park right next to my car. He could have parked anywhere in the parking lot, but he chose to park behind my van backed in. And he was just sitting there. Why? There's nothing to do in the middle of the, you know, late in the evening. What was he up to? Um, and so of course I'm partway home and my heart starts beating. I'm like, Oh my goodness. What, what just happened? What could have happened? What, Mm -hmm. what should I have done differently? Did I do the right thing? And, um, and then I, as I was driving home, I was like, but I didn't even have to think. I just responded because cool. that's what I had thought through in my head. If something happened, what would I do? And I didn't think through the details of if it's backed in next to my car, what would I do? It was just, if there's something there, seems suspicious, get out as quickly as I can. Um, and <laughs> it's funny. They say, you know, like if your adrenaline kicks in, you can do things you never thought you were capable of. Mm-hmm. And getting into the van from the the opposite side and then climbing over the middle part and into the seat is not a, an easy feat on the best of days. And I was in my seat and leaving before I realized that I had started the van. <laughs> wow. So it was just one of those quick snap things. And I was fine. Nothing had happened. The car didn't follow me. I watched the whole way home. And I, by the time I got home, I was like, did that really happen? Was I just you know, overly concerned with my paranoid. I'm like, no, because I could have just ignored my, my gut reaction and gone ahead and gotten in my car, taken the time to unlock my door. And in that time, anything could have happened. I could be anywhere, but in my car headed home. Um, and so it was really, I was, that was what kind of started me on thinking about doing something to be able to protect myself. If I couldn't get out of a situation like that. Um, and it was, not until a couple of years later where I had a couple of shifts at nighttime 
And so I'd be going to work at night. I'd coming home early in the morning in the winter, still dark and not driving through areas that were the greatest. And so I was like, what do I need to do to, you know, make sure I'm protected, but aside from using common sense, because to me, that'd be my first line of defense is just don't put myself in situations. Um, But if it can't be avoided, you know, it would I be prepared. Um, And so I did, I started, I started looking into it, talking to different people, talked to my brother-in-law and slowly it took, it took a lot of time. And it wasn't until uh, our, our government decided to uh, give us all money because apparently we needed it during the pandemic. And um, they enabled me to uh, get my first concealed carry. So I'm grateful to them for that uh, ability of theirs. That's a little low key. That's a little funny. Let's be honest. That, <laughs> that's what you used it for is pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie. That's maybe the best use of a stimulus check I've ever heard of. So go yeah. on. Didn't interrupt I, you. I mean, I didn't need it. I, I really did not need the stimulus check, but I'm like, you know what? I was looking into the cost of being able to conceal carry and they provided me the way. So thank you very All much. Right. It's the best thing they've done for me. So, um, and it was one of those things where I was like, is this the wise decision? Am I, am I not trusting the Lord in my protection? Mm-hmm. Um, but all along the way, I, I sought training first because I wanted to make sure it was something I could do and, um, and then got counsel on what kind of piece to buy. And somebody's like, Hey, go to the store right now. They have this piece. It's, it's a good deal. Uh-huh. Well, it, the, the timing didn't work out. I'm like, I I really can't, but if it's something I'm supposed to have, it'll be there. Sure enough, after the weekend, and this is the height, everybody's buying guns. Mm-hmm. This is the height of all of that. And sure enough, when I went in Monday, it was still there. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm getting it. Got went through the process, picked it up, and um continued with some training. And I don't use it as now I'm safe because I have this, but I have this if there's no other option. And I hope that I'll never, ever have to use it for anything other than putting holes in a target, a uh, paper target. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it spurred that incident spurred on me making that final step. And I still do mental reps of, you know, in situations, even if, even if I'm armed, I still want to be able to get out of a situation without having to, to pull my weapon and, so I still go through different scenarios of what, what would I need to do? And I try to talk to my nieces and nephews like, okay, we're in this situation. What would you do? So. That's great. Uh, before I forget, I don't want to forget this in particular. Um, once we're done here, remind me to get you the uh, info for one of our instructors, Carrie Dudenhofer, who okay. is in Washington state. She is fantastic. I mean, top awesome. flight, one of the top probably five instructors I've ever learned from and worked with. She's a real miracle worker and I think you'd love her to, to pieces. Um, nice, so yes. remind me after we get done with the interview. Um, okay. I want to say a couple of things. One is the guy, and this is, you know, obviously I'm speculating, but I have pretty informed speculation as it re- regards, mm-hmm. in regards to crime and criminality. Yeah. The guy in that car, it's, it's 80, 20. He was mm-hmm. either just a weirdo who just parked in a weird way. That's the 20% mm-hmm. chance. Um, and he was like, what was she up to? Like, what was that all about? She climbed to the passenger door and he was bemused by your activity mm. or the 80% chances. Yeah. He was, he was waiting for any man. I know it was a female. He may not know who it was. He's mm-hmm. just like, I got to get another vehicle. Maybe that was a stolen car and he needed mm-hmm. to get a new one and carjack someone who knows. Yeah. But the odds of him positioning himself there concealed behind your enormous 15 passenger van with the big butt. And mm-hmm. And just everything about it to me screams he was very, very suspicious. So, yeah, 
I, the next thing I want to talk about is you mentioned earlier on, I don't know how you said it exactly, but you said something I've heard a million times, which is sort of the idea being, if I acknowledge the possibility of something bad potentially happening to me, it's like, I'm almost like I'm, I'm asking for it or Mm -hmm. I'm willing it into existence. Like if I look into self-defense, if I look into martial arts or buying palm Mm -hmm. pepper spray, or in your case, getting a concealed weapons permit, Mm -hmm. like I'm opening up this whole world that I don't, that's ugly and and I don't like it. And I don't want, I just want to will it away. I want to wish it away. Yeah. Um, So kudos to you for, not doing that, even though mm-hmm. that is the temptation is to just go, no, I'll, I'll be fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, the normalcy bias writ large, mm-hmm. you know, yes. in that case. So well done. Talk to me really quick about the, the process in the state of Washington. Has it changed in the last few years? Like so many other places where it was a shall issue, may issue deal. Was it hard mm-hmm. to get? And can I ask what county you're in? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Uh, Kitsap County. Okay. And so it's a pretty it big county department you go to for the CCW. Yes. And I, I actually went to a different uh, city that I lived in. I don't know why I just did. Um, and I walked in the door and the gal goes, how can I help you? And I said, well, I'm here. And she's like, to get a concealed carry permit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? Actually, yes, I am. <laughs> now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was ec- extremely easy. Filled out a form, got fingerprinted, unfortunately. Um and that was one goal in my life I never wanted to do. But then with right. my senior care, I uh, I had to get fingerprinted. So, right. um, and then purchasing was very easy. That they, they said the gals like now I'll take down your info. The background check might take a little while. Um, so if you have any other shopping to do, well, obviously she can't take my word for it. But I was like, I could save you the trouble and tell you you're going to come up with a blank page. Okay, just. Right. It won't be any time. And it, and it was maybe half an hour. Um, there was a couple other guys there waiting also, and they had been there when I came and they were there when I left. And I'm like, dude, what'd you do? (laughs) So, um, it was a super easy process for me. I know there's been some law changes since then. Um, and so I, I should probably look into that again to find out, you know, what's changed. But, um, for me, it was, it was pretty easy. Um, the hard part was actually deciding what piece to get because, I right. didn't really know. So what, so what are the, are there training requirements from the state where they say you have to do take this class or that class or whatever? Is that a thing? No, no. And I can open carry without a permit. I had to, I just had to have a permit to conceal carry. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're not big fans of open carry around here. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. It's a big deal in Arizona. It's, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open carry. And I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone in the audience who does open carry. Look, if that's, especially if that's the only way you can carry, well then, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? That's the only way that, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the crown will allow you to defend yourself is to have an open carry rig, then fine. Yeah. But it's open carry is really just inviting trouble. I think, right. I think some, I think some people, not everyone who chooses to open carry, especially when they don't have to, like in Arizona where you can mm-hmm. conceal carry with zero things, zero permission from anyone, which is great. Yeah. Um, the people that do open carry are doing so intentionally. They should know they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's more of like a magic talisman, like see this, like I have this, you know, on my yeah. hip and, and you can't. So therefore I'm completely safe in all places. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I'll need to cast aspersions and everyone who open carries, but you can, do you see the guy at Walmart? Mm-hmm. You see the guy at the grocery store or wherever who has zero awareness of his surroundings. He's open carrying, you know, some good, I want I'm not going to shame anyone's guns or holster selections, but a crap gun and a crap holster with zero retention. 
Mm-hmm. It's behind his back and he's fill, he's getting a Slurpee and doesn't, you know, and I'm standing behind him like I could, I don't want to, but I'm saying if, if I were yeah. a bad person, I could yeah. take this gun away from him. He'd be dead before he knew his gun had been taken away from him. And then I yeah. could go on and do whatever it is I wanted to do at that point. Yeah. Not a fan of open carry at all. I, I assume, yeah. did you ever do that? Like prior to getting your CCW? Is that something you did initially? I actually or? got, I got my conceal before I purchased my weapon because I didn't know what the process, how long it would take. And so I wanted to make sure I had that going. Um, and I, it happened really quick. So um, I didn't, I had thought it through. Cause I was like, if I have, have open carry that might deter somebody from bothering me, but I didn't want to announce what, all the weapons, you know, I wanted to have the element of surprise. Um, and, and if anything, it can, it just starts conversations and not always ones you want to have. And it, people behave differently. And I was like, I don't want to be, have to change who I am. I'll still be the same person with a few surprises. So, yeah. And and, I mean, imagine yourself, you want to do a mental rep. Here's a mental rep. You're, wherever it doesn't matter where you are you're in a public place you're in a business of some sort and some a couple guys come in to rob it and there's your gun hanging out for all the world to see mm-hmm. you, your options are now very very limited um not yeah. that i'm endorsing that you you know whip out your gun and and smoke the bad guys or anything like that but now potentially they're they might just shoot you just because you're the only person in there with a gun yeah so eliminate there's a million the threat reasons. yeah there's a yeah. million reasons i'd like open carry um during any of your classes, did you discuss or did they talk to you about whether or not to carry with a round in the chamber? I'm curious. They did. And and the instructor instructor I had, he he said because of his training, he said, I advise as a as a teacher, don't carry one in the chamber. He said, on okay. a personal note, he said, I do. But he said, I think that's up to the person carrying. Um I I didn't really want to carry in the chamber just because I didn't have, I didn't like the holster I had and I didn't want any accidental finger movement on the trigger. Um, and so I waited till I found a holster that I liked that I felt would be offer that extra element of protection. If I have to draw my gun out and don't accidentally shoot myself in the foot. Don't, don't mind the smirk Esther, but the lovely and fetching Mrs. Williver has chosen this time for some reason to be hammering something into the wall downstairs. Hold on, please stop. <laughs> hammering okay <laughs> there we go um sorry back to the show so uh if if you ever attend one of john korea's classes really anyone at asked and the, the conversation turns towards uh one of the chamber or one not mm-hmm. i would say barring any any sort of strange circumstance that you know made, made i may not have thought of mm-hmm. i always recommend that you train get the equipment and carry with one of the chamber the reason being is John can show you off the top of his head. He can name 10 examples of people who were armed, mm-hmm. trained, prepared, did everything they were supposed to do. They did it right. They were concealed carrying and got killed trying mm-hmm. to chamber around. I mean, yeah. it's, it's chambering around. It seems like it's a quick thing. You watch it in the movies, you know, real quick. And then we're, you know, we're in business. Yeah. That is an eternity in a gunfight. Yes. The time yes. it takes to chamber around. And, and you're assuming that, You'll have a chance, you have cover, you'll have time, distance, whatever from your, mm-hmm. your bad guy, your opponent. You may or you may not. And it's yeah. unfortunately. And it makes also, noise. Yeah. And in yeah. John's classes, he shows, I think, I'm, I'm guessing maybe like 10 videos in a row mm-hmm. of people getting smoked, 
getting filled mm-hmm. in because they were trying to chamber around at the moment of truth. So, um, yeah. but that does require, you know, I do want everyone to get the most training they can possibly get. Not everybody can afford to get a lot of training. Not everybody has yeah. a training available to them, but mm-hmm. at the very least go to active self-protection extra. I'm not talking to you here, Esther. I'm talking to everybody else yeah. and, and watch the classes, you know, get some dryer fire training in, but carrying without one in the chamber really is an invitation to, to bad stuff. So yeah. my story, you ready? My yeah. story happens in 98 99 something like that mm-hmm. you weren't born yet um and my the lovely and fetching mrs williver and i were going to take our two daughters to disneyland we lived in san diego disneyland was you know 90 minutes away something like that mm-hmm. excuse me <clears throat> pardon me and uh at the time i had an f-250 um mm-hmm. extended cab so it had you know the little area behind the front seats it was it mm-hmm. was a basic truck like vinyl seats five speed, you know, manual transmission, crank windows. But in the back, there were these two little fold down Mm. sort of jump seats that face each other, which was great. And the girls loved it when we were going somewhere close, but it was not Mm -hmm. good for a long trip. They're not comfortable. They're not particularly safe way for them to sit. So I just rented uh, a really nice Toyota Camry. It was like the nicest Mm -hmm. Toyota Camry you've ever seen. You know, it was goofy in retrospect. I think it was like, like pearl black with gold rims or something stupid. I don't know. But it was way flashier than anything I ever would have bought. But the point is we get up to LA and we get a hotel room in a place called La Mirada. If you're from LA, you know, La Mirada is not great. And so we didn't know, I didn't know. Um, So we get a hotel room around midnight. Our older daughter starts coughing and sneezing. She's starting to get a fever. She's getting sick, like quickly getting sick, Mm -hmm. like coming down with it. And like, uh, we're supposed to go to Disneyland tomorrow. We already have our tickets. So she asked me to go to an all-night pharmacy. You see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I went to the thrifties. It was closest to us. And w- upon parking, noticed there was two cars in the parking lot. Both of them were probably employees. They were both relatively close to the to the door. Mm-hmm. So I parked a little bit out to where I could see, you know, kind of what was going on around me when I came back out. I go in, get the Robitussin or whatever it was. I come back out. Now, I confess I'm a former smoker. It has, it has something to do with the story. Mm-hmm. I walk out front. And I see not a low rider, but a lowered car right Mm. next to my car. And now it's just like your situation where there's, there's no one else in the parking lot. There's three guys standing outside of it, just chit chatting. And they all, they are all gangbangers. And I know that because I was a gang detective. So sue me if you don't like that, that, uh, (laughs) uh, that, that accusation. So they're just over there sort of chilling. They see me. I see them. I stay by the door, Mm. light a cigarette you know, do this for four minutes, however long it takes. They don't move. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Um, I got to get in my car at some point. I knew better than to call LAPD or whoever the, you know, they were not going to come out for this. Mm -hmm. So I started walking towards the car and here's the part where you can make fun of me for real. I was wearing a fanny pack. I had my government issued gun and a fanny pack in the front. One of the old black Hawk ones with the big strap on it, you know, (laughs) it was the nineties. And so I had that open enough that I didn't have to mess with it if anything went down and I get close to the car and the first guy takes a step towards me. He says, it's the opening line, right? The sizing you up line mm-hmm. was, Hey man, can I get a cigarette? And I said, I'm out of cigarettes. I looked him right in the eye. I said, I'm out of cigarettes. Like, in, just like that. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, come on, man, let me get one. And I'm walking sort of past him around the back of their car towards the driver door of my car, which was in between the two cars. So mm-hmm. they parked in such a way that, yeah, I didn't think to get on the passenger side. Okay, I'm not Esther. I'm sorry, folks. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think this through. Anyway, 
So as I'm coming around the corner, he comes around the other side of the car. So he's now, he's not coming around to face me. There's two guys here and I see another guy coming to flank me around behind me. So I'm in between the cars and I have two guys in front of me. One guy's walking up behind me. There's no doubt in my mind where this is going. This is a mm-hmm. carjacking or a robbery. It's one of the two. Yeah. Um, at which point I, and I never reported this to work. Can I get in trouble? I'm retired. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> at which point um, I drew my Beretta 96D Brigadier, which is an enormous 40 cal gun. It was preposterously large. It was the same frame basically as the M9, the old government issued military yeah. sidearm. And they somehow managed to only get 11 rounds into this thing in the magazine, which is crazy, but whatever. Um, anyway, and I brought it up to Loretti and I said, All right, if your kids are in the car, cover their ears. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't have any fucking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And the two guys that were ahead of me that I was facing took off running. The other guy ran around the other side of the car, got in the car and left. So I assume probably that means they weren't armed, but that's what was about to happen. Yeah. Now, preface this before I should have said this beforehand. As we're leaving for this trip, my wife and I are relatively, we've been married maybe a year. And she's like, why do you get to bring that gun everywhere? We're going to Disneyland. It's the happiest place <laughs> on earth. Blah, 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 blah. Right? We, we joke about this to this day. There's no need for that there. They've got, they have security, um, whatever. And I got back to the room with the Robitussin. The Robitussin was shaken up because I was shaking like Michael J. Fox on a hayride. I was absolutely beside myself, scared to death. That scared the crap out of me. And it should have. Yeah. Get back to the room and I'm like, happiest place on earth, huh? And I'm taking everything off. Here's the Robitussin. And uh, we're we're over. We're past that now. She, we we think it's funny now, 20 years on. Um, But that was, that really was, you know, if I hadn't been armed, I probably would have done things differently, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a very similar story. That's one of the reasons I was yeah. looking forward to having you on because it's almost identical, except these guys were out of the car. There was three of them instead of one, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm a six one, two hundred and sixty pound male, and not I'm not Esther, mm-hmm. but that's the difference as well. So before we part ways, I'm curious: do you carry any kind of secondary device when you carry your gun? No shame if you don't. I'm just curious: do you carry pepper spray or anything else? I don't, and partly because until I started listening to this podcast, I didn't really know where to start with that. I had multiple different people saying, oh, do this. Oh, don't do that. Oh, that one's not good. This one has that. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't know where to start. So I didn't even go down that route. All right. Well, let me, I'll get your address out. I'll send you some palm. I'll send you a canister of palm pepper spray because that that is the one that that. sponsors us. Mm -hmm. Just a note about sponsors, just a word on that. John, Neil, Steph, and the rest of the crew, we don't we don't let anyone sponsor us whose products we don't personally use. We don't personally test mm-hmm. everything you see advertised. Someone in the company has used it and has put their stamp of approval on it. Mm-hmm. Palm pepper spray, aside from being a great company in general and their whole ethos is fantastic. Their pepper spray works. You nice. might've heard the episode with Soleil Rocher where she had to pepper spray a homeless guy. Yeah, that was palm pepper spray and it worked okay. very quickly and very effectively. So nice. I recommend palm. If you want, I'll send you canister, but I really highly recommend anyone who's carrying a firearm carry two other things. And mm-hmm. one of the other things is not necessarily a magazine, although if you want to, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But pepper spray, a small personal use pepper spray, and mm-hmm. some kind of medical, just anything, anything you can fit on your person in your bag, you know, around mm-hmm. your ankle or whatever. Um, because that stuff comes in handy, even if there's no self-defense encounter at all. You could just be, you know, you cut your arm on a pane of glass, you need a tourniquet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I really think there aren't a lot of lessons to learn here. It seems like you learned the lessons and applied them is what mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm going to call this one as. 
Mm-hmm. Attitude, skills, plan is our motto, ASP, mm-hmm. right? Active self-protection. Attitude, skills, plan is more than just sort of a, a, a motto for the company. Your mm-hmm. attitude is critical. Your spiritual and emotional fitness are critical. Mm-hmm. Um, skills, you've got to train and you've done that. So kudos to you. And like I said, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put you in touch with Carrie if you want to do some more training. She's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And then plan. You told me, you thought to yourself, I parked here for a reason. You know, if I come out and this is happening, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And you are so far above and beyond and ahead and head and shoulders above the vast majority of people in the world. I'm, I just know that from years of experience in law enforcement mm-hmm. where people, instead of that, instead of being prepared and getting the right attitude, they mm-hmm. bury their head, they wish it away. They normalcy bias the crap out of everything or just mm-hmm. wish, hope nothing happens. And that's not a thing. I think had you not been paying attention, had you not been prepared and had the right mindset and thought about things like where do I park, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time it was, um, this ends very differently. You're walking out, Mm -hmm. maybe you're checking the weather for tomorrow on your phone Mm -hmm. and this person gets to jump on you or 20% chance he goes, oh, did I park too close? You didn't mean to move my car, you know, and then that's it. (laughs) I don't think that's what was going on, uh, quite Mm -hmm. frankly. But uh, before we part ways, I want to make sure I didn't leave anything out or forget anything, Esther. Did I, did I, uh, did I forget anything? No, I think that's it. Very good. Well, folks, do me a favor, and I'm trying to do this more now. Uh, If you like the podcast, if it's bringing you value to your life, um, go to whatever service you're on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, um, Google Podcasts is going away, but there's other ones. And leave us a five-star review and leave a few words, um, you know, about what you like or what you don't like. Leave us a one-star review. I don't care. Whatever you think. We prefer five-star reviews. And, you know, leave us a couple of words. Let us know what you like, what you don't, what you'd like to see. Uh, We're always, you know, evolving. The show is always changing a little bit at a time. So if you have some ideas, hit me up. Let me know. And my email is mike at activeselfprotection.com. It's the easiest one, I think, in the whole company, except for John. Um, Let me know. Uh, Let me know what you think. Esther, I really appreciate you reaching out. It takes takes a little bit of bravery to come on a show and tell your story. Um, But you did a fantastic job. So thanks again for reaching out. Appreciate it.